Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is January 27th, 2021. I'm Chris Campbell. Before we get into today's topics, a brief announcement. For those of you that are members of Young ICA, the organization is currently holding elections for co-chair. Here at Tales of the Tribunal, we endorse Miss Anna Queenbertrigo and hope you will too. You should have received a link to vote in your email address, so make sure to check your spam folder. If you haven't already, go vote and take a friend. Remember, it's Queenbra for co-chair. Now we start today with the news. First, we start with news out of the United States as a federal district court confirms the enforcement of a foreign arbitral award denying arguments that the tribunal was not impartial and the enforcement was contrary to public policy. The decision coincides with U.S. courts, including SCOTUS, respecting the party's obligations to follow arbitration agreements between the parties. Then, from the federal circuits, we head to the United States Supreme Court, which decided another case on who decides arbitrability and competence-competence style lawsuit, this time in the case of piercing B. Domino's Pizza franchising. The denial of cert in this case might further signal the High Court's lack of interest in re-examining this question as it has long stood by the rule that competence-competence provisions in a chosen set of arbitral rules satisfy the criteria of clear and unmistakable standards first set out in the case of First Options of Chicago, Inc. v. Kaplan, which appears to have settled the matter. Indeed, the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and the Federal Circuit Courts of Appeal have all followed suit. Only the 7th Circuit has not yet addressed the issue. A full write-up and opinion analysis can be found on SCOTUS blog. Then from there, two international arbitration institutions are joining forces. The Madrid International Arbitration Center, MIAC, and the Hong Kong International Arbitration Center, HKIAC, have signed a cooperation agreement in order to, quote, support the users of arbitration in Europe and Latin America, which represent important markets for trade and investment for commercial parties in Asia, end quote. The MOU, or Memorandum of Understanding, aims to establish a framework between the signatory institutions to, one, promote the development of international arbitration and dispute resolution, two, to support the users of ADR in concerned regions, three, to share knowledge, exchange ideas, and the continued collaboration between institutional parties, four, to conduct training programs, seminars, and workshops, and five, to expand the role of IADR across the regions. This announcement comes in the wake of other partnerships of international arbitration institutions, such as the Cairo Center for International Commercial Arbitration and the Guangzhou Arbitration Center. This is in addition to the joining of forces of the Singapore International Arbitration Center and the Institute for Modern Arbitration of the Russian Federation, IMA, back in 2017. It will be interesting to see how this cooperation continues to develop. Next, we head to Paris, where the ICC has launched a new report on the accuracy of fact-witness memories in international arbitration. The report, which is the first of its kind conducted by an arbitral institution, analyzes the psychological science of human memory and offers arbitrators and counsel guidance to enhance the probative value of fact-witness evidence. Now, on to opportunity. The Paris-based position calls for two to four years of experience with the forensic services field and a strong knowledge of accounting and valuation and experience with the international and dispute resolution field. Interested persons are invited to apply on the company's website. Then, 
Law firm Stevenson Hardwood is seeking a junior lawyer to join its risk management team in London. The successful candidate should have some experience in risk management and be familiar with UK legislation such as the Standards and Regulations, the UK Bribery Act, GDPR, market abuse and insider trading laws, and other similar legal regimes. The role will require assisting business services teams in interfacing with clients. More information is available on the firm's website. The New York City Division, in charge of the implementation of the UN Standards of Conduct for all categories of personnel across the organization, is recruiting a legal officer to join its ranks. The role requires investigation and management of disciplinary matters and making submissions to dispute tribunals. The ideal candidate should have seven years of legal experience, with at least two of those years being in litigation. Candidates are invited to apply on the UN website. International law firm Scott & Scott is seeking an associate to join its Dutch offices in Amsterdam. The ideal candidate should have four to eight years of experience and must be admitted to the Dutch bar. Client work will include interacting with multinational corporations, institutional investors, and other clients in complex commercial litigation cases, as well as cartel damages cases and arbitration, among other things. Applicants are invited to apply on the firm's website. Finally, for this week in opportunities, the global firm Herbert Smith Freehills is seeking a solicitor to join its dispute resolution team in Perth, Australia. The ideal candidate should have two to five years of experience and have general experience in commercial litigation matters in a private practice environment, as well as exceptional communication and time management skills. A successful candidate will work on an assortment of matters. To apply, head on over to the firm's website. Finally, we end with events. Kicking off this week, we have an exciting event to tell you about. You know him, you love him. Kabir Dugal and Amanda Lee are back for the third season of Tag Time. This dynamic webinar series features leaders from the world of international arbitration into substantive discussions of well-known cases and relevant case materials. It is followed by a Q&A with the audience and concludes with guest speakers tagging in the next guest. This week's guest will be Matthew Gearing QC, who will be discussing appeals on questions of law. Then we go on to two ICC events. First, on January 28th, the ICC Young Arbitrators Forum hosts an event titled Hearings, Cross-Examination, and Interim Measures. The sixth session of this certificate program on the ICC arbitration rules will present articles 25 to 30 of the ICC arbitration rules governing establishing the facts of the case, hearings, closing the proceedings, and the date of submission for arbitration awards, conservatories of interim measures, emergency arbitrated, and expedited procedure. Panelists will provide tips on preparation for hearings in international arbitration, cross-examination, and discuss the importance of interim measures and rules of applicability to emergency arbitration and expedited procedure. Then, on January 29th, the ICC hosts the launch of its 2021 ICC rules in Taiwan. This event is an opportunity to introduce the changes to the rules and how they will impact future disputes as well as how practitioners and clients interact with them. Finally, for this week, on January 28th, the Brazilian-American Chamber of Commerce hosts Brazil Economic and Political Outlook. The event will cover recent political developments along with updates in the wake of COVID-19. Speakers will include prominent business, legal, and political advisors from across the country estimating what to expect in 2021 for doing business in Brazil. That's all for this week. Remember to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and to leave a review or to share with a friend or colleague. Any comments or feedback for the show can be sent to talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. Until next week, this has been Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal.